All right. Hey, everybody. We back again. We're back. And we're live. <laughs> I'm Spencer. Uh, we are joined today with our licensed clinical therapist, Nas, and our special guest, another licensed clinical therapist, Serena. Welcome. This is where you say things. That. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> babies. Babies. <laughs> my babies have my words. All right. And this is the Different Spectrums podcast. We talk about movie shows, mental health aspects around them. We also have some laughs. So don't take us too seriously. And don't forget to run up those likes. We'd really appreciate it. Yep, just sip that. Nice. Uh, today, we are taking a look at a scene from Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually a scene where Puss has a panic attack because he thinks he's being chased by the wolf, who's actually played by the same actor who was uh, Pablo Escobar in Narcos. So, he's getting work. Um, then we also have uh, Perito who um, is like, he's pretty much acting like a service dog in this scene. So he's there to comfort him and kind of relax him through his panic attack. So, Nas, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, Thoughts, emotions, feelings, behaviors, triggers. And maybe how Puss in Boots is actually a drag queen. Okay. Interesting turn. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not interesting. It's just stupid. It's just okay. stupid. Um, There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference between interesting and stupid. That was just stupid. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have a good talk today about anxiety. We're going to have some fun with Serena being back in a pod. Uh, she's been very busy because she's been growing life inside of her. Yes. And that's not just the tapeworm. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get into the clip. Let's have some fun. Let's check it out. Uh, let's talk some shop. Whoop. And then some some funny stories. Whoop, whoop. I whoop whooped. You gotta move whoop. on to the scene. Whoop, whoop. whoop. Serena, give us a whoop. Yes. Whoop whoop. There it is. I'm so, I'm so forced. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> You puss. I I am down to my last life and uh, I I am afraid. Well, it's okay to be afraid. No, not for pussy moods. I, I'm supposed to be a fearless hero, a legend. But without lives to spare, I am nothing. I need that wish to get my lives back. You should tell Kitty. She would understand. No, 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 no. She cannot hear of this. 
Ok. Oh, ¿a dónde fueron ese idiota y su perro? Kitty will never trust me again. Not after Santa Coloma. But that's just one bad heist. Santa Coloma wasn't a heist, Perrito. It was a church. The priest. And guests. And Kitty. Everything but me. I ran away then, too. Oh. Oh. <gasps> oh, you left her at the altar? It was wrong. I know. I am ashamed. I just wish I hadn't hurt her so badly. I regret that day. So, maybe you should tell that to Kitty. Might make you feel better. Might make her feel better, too. Alright, so we're back. And we just watched a clip of Puss having a panic attack. So, a little bit of background. Um, as he said in the clip, Puss is on his last life. So he has seven lives. Um, or nine lives. I guess nine lives. Nine. nine. Lives. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And um, so this is his last one. And he gets um, visited by Wolf. Um, who is like essentially he is death pretty much so the wolf mm. plays death um My and cousin. just gonna let that sit there um and so he realizes that he can't beat wolf and so he puts himself into like a pretty much retirement home for cats so where he can be safe and not use up his last life. Um, Facts. And so now he, and then he comes back into, cause now he found out that he's trying to, um, he's trying to find where the last or where the wishing star is, where it landed like tons of years ago. And so he wants to make his last wish so that he can have more lives. Um, Everybody's trying to get to it, and so you see him going on an adventure, but he's always hesitant now more than before because he doesn't have that safety net of other lives. So he's living a little bit more carefully instead of recklessly how he used to. Um, and then so that's where the wolf comes in. And so now every time he looks over his shoulder and hears that whistling happen, he knows that the wolf is right there. So essentially it's him being chased by death and him trying to beat death, which, you know, kind of does. But at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where um, it's like always looming. Right. Mm. And so um, so then he gets chased into the forest and then you have Perito, who's trying to be like a, like a I guess like a therapy dog for him. And so um, he's right there and he's just giving like his own advice. He's just always like just so innocent and everything like that. And all the other parts of the movie. And uh, yeah. And then you finally see him kind of calm him and then um, kind of gets into how uh, Kitty, who was in the last Puss in Boots movie, um, how they were about to get married. But he he did not go to the wedding. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much um, okay. most of the movie. Um, what do y'all think of the clip? So, so you're going first. I liked it. I thought it was super cute. And then especially, well, I mean, scary at first. And then to see uh, Puss struggling. But then it was so sweet to have um, the dog come over and comfort him. That part was so endearing. And then to see him work through it. So I just thought overall it was just super cute. Uh, clip and so relatable I was just watching it thinking about all my college students and even a little bit of the metaphor of like you know the ability to be a little bit more reckless than as you're getting more and more into the responsibilities of it's like things are kind of looming over you or it feels more dangerous and scary so I was just relating it back to all of the college students I'm seeing especially now we have upcoming graduation so some of the people getting ready to graduate that are feeling yep. this exact way yeah there's no more lives like if they mess up it screws everything up so they gotta like legit do it which increases more anxiety mm -hmm. but then they're anxious about all the shit that they're about to do after school so they're, they're really in a terrible place the seniors 
So people will be like, oh, freshman year is the hardest. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then classes are technically the hardest junior year, but then senior year is also the hardest because you're just miserable. Yeah. It's just like a pick and choose your version of anxiety. Do you want it at the beginning? <laughs> Correct. Bit of it's all like of it. you, you get about three good days out of four years. Three good days. <laughs> yeah. uh, miss those three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those three days. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, two of them, I was just on the toilet the whole day. It was a good day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to vibe off what Serena said. It was pretty cute. I uh, had to see him calm down immediately with the dog. I think what was pretty cool is I'm going to use Patrick as a heart. But you could hear the heartbeat. Do, 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 do the whole thing. And so I was like, that's mm-hmm. intense. Uh, yeah. I feel like the cinematography on that was spot on. It was really good. Because mm-hmm. it also made me feel like a little anxious, a little queasy. It was like, ah, fuck. I know what this feeling is. Mm. Uh, nope, it just stroke. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's a stroke have to do with your heart? <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. Science. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was the coolest part. Um and then when he was running through the forest, he was seeing some stuff, and right, he saw the wolf's eyes. So I didn't know that was mm-hmm. a wolf, but then until you said that. And so, yeah, he's like legit fearing everything and becoming almost delusional, dissociated. Passes mm-hmm. out. Dog comes over, helps him out. Then they start to do like some processing, some therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like he's going to start talking about his feelings and emotions with his ex. Yeah. So it's like legit a whole thing of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Who's got time for that shit? Uh, Not you two. <laughs> no. no. Someone the other day is like, do you talk to your therapist about this? Like, why the fuck would I go to a therapist? <laughs> I do it for myself. Yeah. And they were like, I'm you, that good. They're just staring at me and I'm just like staring back at them. And I'm just like, I judge everyone that goes to therapy, FYI. <laughs> and she just looks at me. <laughs> tell my clients i'm literally my favorite client i bring in so many examples of like anxiety or things that are like oh i i dealt with something similar you know of oh, course yeah. keeping it focused on them but i totally therapize myself all the time which the time. sucks to be a therapist because i know what's happening but i'm still <laughs> going through it oh yeah you're like when i buried them in the backyard i felt terrible about it like i knew i felt terrible I do not condone violence, people. Exactly. I do not condone violence in so any manner. Every podcast, every show, you're like, I don't condone violence, but stab. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I don't, I don't like that I do it. I just have this impulse. It's not my fault. It's like Dexter. You know, if I don't do it, then, you know, all right, I'm gonna stop. And what? <laughs> if I don't do it, I'm gonna do it to people that don't deserve it. <laughs> Student walks in the door, stab. <laughs> had to do it uh yes serena you're right so we do therapize ourselves because we know how all the thoughts break down and everything that push just did right we we go through it all the time i think it's good for counselors to have a therapist if like they're going through some traumatic stuff in life chaotic health issues mental health issues right there's reasons to go that's why i loved it when we were like kind of interns or like still getting supervised because we still had someone to debrief with yes so that was like a good check and balance. Like, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, well, I just cried in my last three sessions. So now when I cry after okay. session, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> rock in my chair. <laughs> uh-uh. So if there are any therapists that listen or if there's folks like, oh, he made jokes about ther- therapists getting therapy. We do. We do. Many of us do. Uh, Spence, you got any? Any questions for us to throw around today? I'd like to know your thoughts on uh, like therapy animals. Obviously, there are people that kind of go a little, a little extreme with them sometimes, like a therapy peacock or something like that. Whatever. I see. It makes you happy. Yeah. But like, what are your kind of thoughts on therapy animals as a whole? 
to be honest, I'm super jaded about it. Okay. The concept and therapy animals themselves, absolutely wonderful. And I totally get it. Like there's been so many rough days for me where whether it's I'm super sad or I'm feeling really alone where I come home and I just snuggle up with my dog or even the ability to really like engage in mindfulness, just like patting a dog and like just focusing on them or playing fetch. Like there's yep. so many components where it can be really, really beneficial. This, my jaded feeling comes just from the college campus setting yeah. because I do unfortunately think a lot of people are looking almost for an easy answer. I hesitate to say that because there are genuinely people that really 100%. benefit from therapy animals. But then there's also people of like, how can I just fix and get this to go away? And that's one mm. potential solution. And so sometimes I think people aren't always utilizing animals. We're seeing just a lot more of like pets just being like, for sure, yeah, this is my uh, therapy reptile or this is my therapy cat. And it's like, it's a ball or they yeah. just really like a cat and you want to bring it on campus. Right. So I think that there's a lot of benefits to it, but I always encourage people to work on building your own skills. And then if that's an additional thing that's needed or could benefit you for sure, pursue it. But also to just remind people to to challenge yourself and build the skills too. Right. Yeah. To work yeah. towards these other things. And then, you know, maybe the dog, you know, it's just kind of like medication. We don't got to go right into that. We can do this other stuff first, then go into the medication. Uh, sure. I'm a co-sign uh, what, what she said. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I'm jaded on it because I got students that don't take care of the animals. Oh, yeah. So, you That's know, true. they get the animals in there, Spence, in the dorms, not supposed to be in there, people allergic to it. It's Let's be honest, it's not enough room for the dogs to be walking around, some of these other animals to be playing around. I'm like, you're yeah. not walking it. I had a human uh bought a dog and I was like, that's awesome. You know, the grown person, right? You know, they got the apartment and all that. Do your thing, got a dog, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm glad you did it. Yeah, yeah. And then I, as they talked about how they were treating the dog, I'm like, this is this is terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I gotta neglect it. I'm like, why you gotta neglect it? Because it's needy. It's a puppy. Yeah. And then you got it locked in its playpen, which is two foot by two foot, and then you lock it in its kennel. All day, every day, all day, every day. You don't touch it. You don't look. It's pretty much a goldfish. Yeah. yeah. That's you could have got a hamster if you wanted that. So, you know, I get jaded about empathetic about the animals themselves. Okay. I remember I, uh, well, I had a dude years ago. Impulsively bought a dog. I'm like, all right, you know, buy an animal. This motherfucker bought a husky. No. To have, to have like in you know, a one bedroom apartment. I'm like, are you shitting me, bro? Dogs gotta move around like all the time. I'm saying yeah, I'm like, noisy. Yeah. A husky, cutest thing ever. Uh, fast forward a month or two later, they had to give it away because they they had to. They couldn't take care of it. The house wasn't big enough. They they weren't gonna potty train it. So, do you have the skills to take care of these dogs? You know, right? Because it is a commitment. You can't be out there, yeah. you know, messing around now. Someone depends on you. Now, in saying that, I got a couple humans that I'm working with, even currently, that need cats, uh, need dogs. I'm like. Look at you. Anytime I see you around like an animal, you light up. Because it takes you outside of your self-centeredness of your depression, anxiety, and spiral. Now, now you're helping someone else. And, right, you're interacting. You're going on walks. So there's a lot of human spence that love it. There's a lot that having the weight. So a lot of neurodivergent. I'm just going to use Patrick again. A lot of neurodivergent people will have the dog lay on them like puss and it's grounding. The, mm -hmm. the, the heaviness of it. Um that's quite wonderful. There's a lot of stuff out there with neurodivergent folks, like having uh, epilepsy and seizures are very common, and so the dog helping them through that. There's a lot where they know that they're having a panic attack, and the dog will just come sit on them. So dogs are pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. Uh, I got a couple humans that their animal is their best friend. Like, that, we'll come to therapy on a Zoom session, and a dog... You just sit there and just kind of stare at her and stare at the computer and it's the creepiest fucking shit. Uh, I'm like, are you, are you judging me right now? Kind of punk <laughs> dog, what's up? What's Why am I insecure? 
<laughs> He's like, you're trying to take my job right now? <laughs> yeah, I know. He fucker is. <laughs> you need to put him down. So, <laughs> so I keep getting He's paid. being a nuisance to your life. So just yeah, get is. rid of him. He actually hates you. Remember, all men are toxic. So that'd be great if the dog was just saying that. To her. Oh Jesus! She's probably like yes, yes. Get rid of him. I'll just blame, blame it on racism. There you go. Uh, so it depends, Spence. Yeah. I'm all for it in the right circumstances. Um, uh, on some, I'm questioning. In certain areas, mm-hmm. I'm questioning because of other humans. You know, mm-hmm. people are pretty selfish. We got to think about other people. Uh, right. People are allergic, and you know, things can happen. True. But yeah, that's kind of where I sit on it. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you know, my stomach. You know, I so I take my medicine, folks, on Saturdays, and so right now I'm going through some shit. So if you see me turning my mic off, that's what it is. Uh, want to give people background. Uh, I will say, I lost it. Um, it's people with these animals. Oh, there it is. Uh, in college, university settings, we cannot write these letters for animals to have them on mm-hmm. campus. So those of you that are listening and watching, you know, K through 12, they can't write the letters for you. Counselors and higher education can't write them for you. You have to get it from a medical professional or a therapist that you're paying outside outside of the university or schooling. Just wanted to bring that up. So if you want one, can't come from us. Sorry. That was it. Yeah, I agree with both of you on that. It's like you kind of have to be vigilant about it because it's just like some people use it as a crutch instead of like, you know, just as a therapy dog they just want to have a dog there instead they're just like oh look i have a dog it's just like all right that's cool and all but you know has a reason to be there it's not just a, a dog um but yeah totally agree um so kind of going into that um what kind of what kind of questions would you ask um puss if you had him in your office Right. Like he's saying he's having these panic mm-hmm. attacks about seeing this wolf. Maybe you can even say about, you know, just death in general. He's just anxious about, you know, death being there overall. I bet you have some of those students that just kind of a little bit on that not morbid side, but kind of, you know, um, yep. what would you kind of say to him in that instance? So, Serena, I'm going to let you go first, but I'm going to say, first off, I'm going to be like, why the hell is this cat talking to me? <laughs> meow, meow, meow. <laughs> And why the hell is this cat wearing boots and a, and a sombrero? Or whatever the hell he's wearing. Sombrero. A, a cowboy hat. <laughs> wow. Racist much? Jesus. Isn't Antonio Banderas, right? So I also I'll be yeah. like, why this cat so sexy? <laughs> sexy ass <laughs> cat right now. Yeah, man, moving his tail and shit. <laughs> yeah, boy. I like that boy. That's an ASMR voice. Um, for me, probably starting out. So if I was working with someone, I would be asking a ton of questions. I'm a, mm-hmm. definitely an open-ended question. So I'd be asking, when did this occur before? Looking for, so trying to identify the triggers. Like, is there any common patterns? So in this case, death, that's something that's plaguing him. Um, and then I'd be asking about like warning signs. So, like, what happens as uh, this panic attack is building up? Is there anything that we can identify to kind of break that cycle? So, before you get into a full-fledged panic attack. So, for instance, what were you thinking about prior to this happening? You know, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts? Uh, what were the sensations happening in your body? Um, and then I would follow up with what comforted you. So, I want to know, of like, what was working well? Um, in this case, pressure, somebody else being there, talking through it, breathing. We saw some of that in, in there. Um, and then we would probably just dive into a little bit. So once we have all that, I start to lay out for people of like, okay, so we're now building awareness of what's triggering, what's building into these things. Let's gain some insight. Why are you afraid of this? What is that worst case scenario? Where did the fear come from? Is it realistic? Is it not? You know, sometimes it's like, I know this is crazy. So validate whatever's kind of going on. Then connecting to like the coping skills, we'll we'll process a little of, you know, the fears and whatnot. And then it's going back to those coping skills and how do we replicate that and kind of build this 
uh, safety toolkit. So, okay, I know what happens leading up to a panic attack. I know what my triggers are, and I know the things that help me get through it. And then okay. putting it all together and practice. <laughs> practice, 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 practice. That's what the, a lot of practice. That's what the clients don't do. Is they're like, oh, you know, now the Serena, they 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 figured it out. Yeah, we figured it out. You gotta go do like do the shit now. Like <laughs> Yeah, then the, the work part that goes into it. The work. You actually gotta do the work. Right. Just because we identified all those things, now you gotta go implement it, mess it up, change it, refine it, come back. We talk about it, we, we, we refine it. There's a lot of renewing our plan, renewing our strategy until it's a perfect, precise, well-oiled yeah. machine. And sometimes living in those fears, like you have to look at the fear and kind of open it up and start to get comfortable with the fear. Don't have to jump immediately into it, but starting to identify what are the steps to grow comfort with that thing that I'm really afraid of. Right. Yep. That's the hardest part. I feel like. I think my think. I think I think. <laughs> my my clients definitely think I'm crazy when I tell them that. I'd be like, so. I need you to stop running from your anxiety, your fear, and this one thing. They were like, what are you talking about? I want you to sit in it. I want <laughs> you like, to. Okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm like, I'm well, scared if he said it like that. Good Lord. I'll sit in it. <laughs> I, I do say it that way, so that might be why people go. Okay. I'd be walking out of both your offices like, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm see him, see if he changes it. Nope. All right. Well, well therapy didn't work. Guess so. <laughs> You ever hotbox your friends in the car when you farted? You're just going to sit in it now. Yeah, it's not something you want to sit in. <laughs> but yeah, you got to get rid of the fear. You got to yeah. sit. You got to stew in Great you analogy gotta there. Just bathe. sit in there and smell it. You got to bathe in the waters it. of Minnetonka. All right, Prince. Um, what? A... Okay. <laughs> so it's for real, though. People look at you like you're crazy. So if it's fear, I'm like, legit, let's look at it. Because now we're doing some exposure therapy. We're building some resilience against it. I'm going to probably push you towards that worst case scenario in there. So instead of your ass just whoop and taking off, or before you get to write that email and then you avoid it, before you talk to your professor, then you run away, before you tell your partner that you love them and you're like, nope, uh, fuck you, I hate you, and then you leave before they leave you. And you're, let's say you're just thinking about all these things now. So we need to push you towards it. Uh so I had a wonderful human the other day. This is the it's the new the new Serena. Uh sad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like sad. Uh, oh, she got replaced. <laughs> yeah. Serena. It's like 5.0 by at this time. 7.0. Jesus. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah replaced so many times. it's been a minute. Yeah, she's obsolete now. <laughs> uh you know, then the human was talking, we're working, and I I love that people feel safe with me. And so we're doing group therapy, this and that. And I said, so how come you haven't been interjecting things, saying things, doing things, right? It's your time to like lead these. And I see you look at me. You look at me for like reassurance or to me to lead, but it's supposed to be you leading. And so what's going on? And they're just like, I relate to a lot of the stuff and it's just hard. I'm like, okay, facts, facts. And then boom, they tank. Like instantly start pouring tears. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this is intense. So I immediately do what Serena talked about is I immediately validate. You're not crazy for what's happening right now. I don't think you're a bad therapist. I don't think that you're immature. I think this is quite wonderful. Look how deeply you care about these people and it's pulling out some stuff in you. But now we need to start figuring out what's going on because they had a panic attack when they started crying. Mm-hmm. So we need to figure out what's triggering you and the clients. We need to figure out why it's hurting you. So what in your life is bubbling up, but what is it about them that's making that bubble up and then triggering you? And then you can't speak yeah. because you know that you're going to cry. And you don't want to cry because those are all your clients. So then it's like weird. So we need to identify all this stuff. We need to validate everything that's going on, that you are the shit. You are awesome. Just because you have some issues that are going on does not mean any. Me and Serena got fucked on issues. Tons of yeah, tears, tons true. of panic, tons of anxiety. You know, tons of devious shit that we don't did too. And Serena, Serena having some funding issues these days, so you know, it might yeah, be some more shit going on. 
Don't act like that smile. That smile's a mask. Yeah, no mask. It's a mask. Um, no one who works in a circus is gonna be fine. It see some shit. Right? <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Uh, so we validated some stuff, and then I build them back up, and we're gonna do some journaling, some writing, some processing, and I coach them on what I wanted them to think about in the car ride home. And then I gave them stories on how I've done the same and how my mentors and therapists, have, supervisors have helped me through these big tears and like dissociating in, with clients and all this shit. I told them I gave a speech the other day. Uh, all that next students, it was quite wonderful. I only expected like 10 people to show up. It was like closer to 50. I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And uh, kids gave me free reign. So I'm like, let's do this. So I introduced myself. Say that I'm autistic. I completely unmask after that, and I'm just pacing back and forth, and just vibing, saying wild shit. Um, but being very precise. So people would ask me questions, and it would bring up stories, and sometimes I'd get angry, and you can hear it in my voice, and I would overact it to make an example. And then I talked about some sadness and some pain and some fear and some shame, and I got choked up, and a few people caught it. Yeah. Those few people came up to me afterwards. They told me thank you. So I told us to the intern, I said, just because you cried does not mean that you're weak. So your fears of you not being a good therapist and all that, I, I love that you were able to come to me and to tell me these things. Now I need you to sit in it in the car. So that's what I would advise Puss to do. Mm -hmm. Where's it going? Why did he run from his partner last time uh, and they didn't get married? Why is the whistle and the wolf so dramatic right now? Is it the loss of life? Is there unfinished business that's going on? Why is the dog so much a comfort for him? It's because a companion that he can share things that he feels safe with, like my interns. Is it just the pressure when you're dissociating? So, so we need to figure out these coping mechanisms and skills because we can't do all the cool stuff that Serena said until we actually get calm the fuck down from the panic attack. True. So we need to regulate from the panic attack. Then we can use all these intellectual things. Then we make the strategy. Then we follow that strategy. Then we fuck it up. Then we re redo it. Mess it up. Redo it. Yeah. Yes. It's a process. Uh, but sitting in those emotions, my students just look at me like, fuck out of here. I'm like, bro, you've already been a therapist for OCD. You know that to defeat this obsession, this compulsion, that you have to walk into it. The yeah. avoiding it is what makes you obsess even more. And then you become compulsive and do all this weird shit. I said weird shit being derogatory there. I don't mean to be derogatory. Uh, Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, So same same thing. Everything that Serena said. But the sitting in it is very important. Planning mm -hmm. and intellectualizing is very important. Coping skills. The dog is also wonderful. Or if you have other heavy objects, weighted blankets, uh, just something that's in the house that's heavy or these warmies that are like five pounds. I got a Winnie yes. the Pooh that's 10 pounds. Uh, whatever it is. Whatever it is, use your skills. And if you don't know your skills, then go online. Google a bunch of random shit. Look up YouTube videos. Now in our link tree, I'm starting to add some things to our link tree, uh, such as psychoeducation and some worksheets and stuff like that. I'm starting to add that now, folks. Uh, now that we're getting like legit official. So you can go on there and check out some things, too. Very nice. So kind of leading into that, how do you both ground yourselves when you get to that anxious point? Um, For me, well, distraction is definitely one. Breathing. Honestly, I've had like two solid panic attacks. And one, I understood the trigger. And the second, I have no idea where it came from. Hmm. But for me, it's a shock factor. So... That it was a tough the the one I'm thinking of was really tough. I like went in my bathroom because I felt like I was gonna be sick and then I just like laid on the floor and I'm doing the therapist thing with myself. I'm like, this is just a panic attack. You're not dying. It's okay, it's gonna pass. So I'm you know trying to align with healthier thoughts and it was just not going away the somatic stuff. So my heart was racing. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I just crawled into the bathtub and I just turned cold water on and that shocked it. So uh, really, really big one. You know, sometimes we have access to the skills and we're doing the skills, the breathing, the talking back, 
the pulling to comfort objects and that's not enough. So I always remind people to shocking your body uh, can be a good help. So my most favorite one is, is cold water or if it's winter outside, going outside, breathing that cold air in. Um, otherwise talking back, usually <laughs> having to remind myself like, you're okay. It's going to be okay. Things like that. Okay. Uh, so me, you know, I, bars and pubs or house parties, you know, I'd always just take off. I was like notorious for just leaving, uh, and come going outside and catching my breath or my air. Right. And then, and then coming back in and going back out. So now when I was drunk, drunk though. Well, I'd just be gone. <laughs> I just I just would just take off and start walking and I come back maybe three hours later, maybe never. I just would just I'd be gone somewhere. Uh so little Mike was like, Where are you at, man? <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 back. I don't know so, where I am. I don't know. I was talking to Bobby. <laughs> Bobby who? Bobby. Motherfucker had like three about five stores blocks down at the movie theater. How the fuck did you get to His the movie? name's like Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time. I went back to the pub maybe a couple weeks later, and the bouncer was like, "Hey, Nas, how you doing? Like, Who the fuck are you?" He's like, and "We had, a, I guess, an hour long conversation about all who knows what." It was like he was my best friend. Hey, man, I love you, man. I'm gonna come back here. We're gonna be best friends. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, one hundred percent. Exactly. That's what always happens when I was in college. Uh, but but I say this being uh, no divergent and getting overwhelmed. And overheating and parties and stuff like that and outings and just it's just too much. The noise, the temperature, it gets too much. So I'll just walk out, catch my breath, and I'll just sit out there. There's always someone outside smoking a cigarette, chill as shit. And then you just breathe cold air in. I get really, 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 really cold. I re-regulate, then I can go back in. Uh, do that all the time. So the thermal regulation that you brought up is really good. It's a shock. Being in Minnesota, y'all just had a bunch of snow recently. You, you know, it's cold as shit. You just walk outside. You ain't gonna remember nothing. Yeah. <laughs> My face cold. Yep. How <laughs> did I get out of here? Wait a minute. <laughs> what that move here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I used to have a leg. That motherfucker gone. <laughs> who took my leg? Come on now. Fess up. Who took my leg? <laughs> who, t- who took my leg? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, uh so that's really good um so that's the thing serena is like you can try the breathing stuff and all that sometimes it doesn't work so you just gotta figure out what works sometimes you just gotta ride the shit out uh i've been anxious and had spikes and panic attacks i've also had the dissociations last for days uh had it you being like wobbly and upset for days so it just depends I feel like the thermal regulation is probably the best. Taking a shower always seems to be very helpful for me. Laying on my bed or the floor, t- going to sleep. Yeah. Has always helped. Drinking very cold liquids has helped with me. Uh, talking to Pops and having him be like, just regulate the shit out of me. He's like, dude, it's fine. Like, we'll figure it out. But we won't. And they're coming for us. Bah. What's my anxiety face? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, is it Lord of the Rings? What's yeah. <laughs> no, that's my anxiety, man. I, I get afraid about bills uh, nowadays. Uh, get afraid about some of the job stuff and school stuff, and it just gets overwhelming. Next thing you know, I'm like, yep, um, well, not here anymore. Mm-hmm. This is just my body, because my mind is somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. He's on vacation right now. Uh, so so it's tough. Uh, that's why I love the gym and working out because it helps me regulate throughout the week so that way shit doesn't pile up. I haven't been at the gym uh, in about a week and a half now because of the new medicine I'm on. I'm like constantly nauseous. Right. And then I felt good Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I was like, well, fuck going to the gym. I'm just going to sit at home and eat because this is the first time I've been able to eat in like five days. So I'm just going to vibe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, speaking of which, food is a good one, too. You know, with anxiety, sometimes we can trick the anxiety. I always remember Ruth yep. and, like, peppermints or mint gum, things like that. Also bringing focus to that. Plus, then you'll salivate. And then it's kind yep. of, it unconsciously tricks your body of, like, oh, well, if we're eating right now, things must be okay. So that's another one, too. So or instead smell. of doing, 
the sedu and the peppermint and the mint, I've noticed that cough drops are much more effective because of the cooling sensation. So I would switch it to cough drops, make sure that they're not allergic. That way they don't die on you. Uh, yeah. Don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Here, take this. <laughs> mm, yes, finally. My test subject. It worked. <laughs> it worked. I'm going to steal all your nerdy pins on your backpack now, fucker. <laughs> That's right. I got all your pins too, stupid. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Smells, sensations, lotions I'll have students put on. But that's stuff to help them regulate when they're just kind of anxious, when they're in that full-blown panic attack. It's got to be even more heightened. Uh, it just depends, Spence, on what it is. Uh, right. I haven't had any recent things. I want to do a story. Uh, 2016, looking for jobs. I ended up going to work at uh, right St. Mary's out in Minnesota, but I got flown out to the school in Maryland called Salisbury University. Uh, super cool. So Division two school out in the water in Maryland. It's fucking awesome. It's gorgeous. Do the interview. Immediately sus of all the people, all the white individuals. It was super weird. A uh, black woman who picked me up that was on the search committee. She was awesome. And then she wasn't in the rest of the meetings. So that was interesting. Uh and then they just started interrogating me like they hated me. And then uh, and then I started to feel that because uh, there was no dudes there. It was very weird, very white, uh, very hmm. weird vibe that they didn't like the director. There was weirdness. Um, no. I knew I bombed it uh, after they gave me a ride back to the house because we were supposed to go to dinner, me and the director. She's like, yeah, we're good. I'm like, hmm. okay. Gave me a ride back to the hotel. I'm like, well. I, my stomach was killing me. Uh, ordered some food. Full-blown panic attack because I know it went fucking terrible. Called my dad. This is I remember the day, too, because it was, it was the funeral of uh, Muhammad Ali was going on. So I was watching that. Then wrestling came on. WWE was SmackDown. So I watched that, and I was able to regulate because it just made me think about Salim, and I was just vibing. I got lost into the SmackDown show, and I had yeah. to like keep focusing back on that to get me to regulate. But I was literally like nauseous the entire time. Uh, mm-hmm. that that was one of my worst panic-like dissociative states was that trip uh, is what it is I'm glad I'm glad I fucked that up or they were terrible people because I ended up getting the job and working over there with folks like Serena and then this wonderful job uh, mm-hmm. that was a horrific one I was in all my insecurities all my fears in a different city first time fucking flying in maybe like 10 years by myself first time ever yes. I had already missed my flight the day before, so I had to rebook it for the morning of, then do the interview. So it was just an extremely long, long fucking day. Uh, Go figure. That regulated me. Was a big-ass pizza, some chicken wings, (laughs) and WWE SmackDown. Uh, It's like... Rob Van Dam, yeah, that's right. That's I'm back right. on it, baby. Yep, I couldn't find nothing on TV. That shit was on, it zoned out. So, like Puss, you know, he he had a friend. Uh, as Serena mm-hmm. said, when we were doing the pre-production stuff, is friend and companionship. Uh, that helped. So I thought about, you know, I talked to Pops and I thought about Celine companionship, intimacy. And then I thought about the show. I zoned out. I was gone. I was good. I was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I just moved on. I got a call from Dr. Ruth on my way back on the flight coming back. And she's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to drive you out and all that stuff. And you're pretty, pretty high on a list. And I was like, oh shit. So immediately I felt like shit. She's like, yeah, we're probably, we're going to hire you, but we still have to bring you out. I was like, all right. Yeah, it's cool. That's yeah. my favorite type of stories when it's like the huge anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I failed that or a door closed. And then in that very next moment, like, especially when you can ride through that storm and then that very next moment, you're like, ah, oh, here's like the reason why, or like here's the light a, a different door opens. Yep. It's like door closes. Cookie, cookie, cookie. Here we are. <laughs> Always a Muppet. Always a Muppet. No matter what. You're right, That's why so when yeah. you're saying like, yeah, I just got like blacked out drunk. I was just imagining you just running out of the, the bar and stuff like a Muppet. Like, <laughs> Depends. I've had to chase Colin a few times. It's, 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 uh, yeah. 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 The one time I've seen him like that, I was just like, yeah, I could see him running. I could see that. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. he's a lot older and bigger now so i don't think yep. i think his running days are over well, just like, now. yeah they're over now but yeah he used away. to play he used to play in traffic so he was oh fun yeah he was fun. he was he was interesting mm-hmm. uh yeah i talked about drinking and stuff with clients too during that meeting and about over drinking and sadness and depression because uh, I thought mm-hmm. Pops was dying of cancer in college. And then one of my best friends, uh, little Mike out in Detroit, his father actually did pass away from cancer when we were in college. And so wow. we were getting pretty drunk and dissociating quite often. And so some of these parties, I also had to leave because I was I was kind of losing my shit. Uh, so I would mm-hmm. leave where Mike would just keep going, but I just had to leave, come back, leave, come back. Uh, so even today, with the nausea, it says that the deep breathing helps you like relieve the nausea. So I'm constantly doing deep breaths here. I'm doing them at work. I told a couple of students, I'm like, last week, I'm about to throw up on your ass. So, you know, <laughs> don't say nothing stupid. A threat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, therapy was good today. I said, yeah, good. You lucky I didn't throw up on you. What? Why would you say that? <laughs> it was good times. It's yeah. Such weird. I know, it was so weird. One client was like, yeah, you're being weird today. I was like, yeah, it's because I'm holding back like five pounds of chicken nuggets. That's not actually why true. so many chicken nuggets? Yeah, it's not why true. So yeah, many. It's not true. It's like five pounds. Jesus Christ. That's why your stomach hurts, dumbass. You're mostly chicken nugget at this point. Like, Jesus, I'm literally about to throw up. Uh, let's check the board. The mess. Yes, yes. The, what do we the have on the list? We, we, did, we did triggers. Some spell drum. Oh, it's all spelled wrong. And technically, it's just scratches. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> we did scratches. Uh, God damn it. Scratches. <laughs> triggers. <laughs> we did triggers. Uh, we did the threats about his life, fear of that, right? Become more pressure. Has to be careful. He's in the nursing home and all that stuff. Well, whatever the cat version the of a nursing, nursing home is. Yeah. He's in the assisted living. He's kind of a nursing home, I guess. Retirement home. Kitty safe house. Whatever. Yeah, kitty safe house. Uh, no, he's just being really, 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 really cautious. I feel like a lot of us, as we get older, we start becoming more cautious. Serena, I know you're more cautious now. You got two kids, now two more kids. I am the biggest scaredy cat. Now I have to some, like, and this is where, too, of, like, I have to change some of my lifestyle. Come on, like, I I can't watch the news because if I watch stuff of like kids dying or, you know what I mean? Just things on the news or dangerous things or like an amusement park ride malfunctions. I can't watch that stuff. I have to just limit my exposure to scary things because I'm always so scared of like the kids. What about the kids? <laughs> yeah. I'm so I'm such a nervous Nelly now. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be cautious. It's a heightened state of anxiety. And so yeah. Puss, right, he tries to protect himself. I, I assume that's what you were saying in the movie, Spence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he acting weird? Was he acting like a scaredy cat during most of the beginning of the show? Scaredy cat. Um, no, so he was... So in the beginning of the movie, he's, like, fighting this big, like, monster or whatever. And he's fine. But then he accidentally gets hit by, like, a bell and dies. So one of his lives gone. And... um after that the doctor diagnosed he's like you're down to your last life you know that right and at first he was like "Ah, i'll be fine or whatever and then he's at a bar drinking milk and all of a sudden death comes in or the wolf comes in and then um they battle and then puss loses and then he puss runs away so that was kind of like the context is that got it now he's just kind of running away from like the wolf whole time just trying to figure out some way to get back his life yep so there you go he 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 did like a lot of us men do uh but we act fearless and then we should go to the doctor this or that but then we start getting real scared or it's like when i tell people to go to the doctor and they're like ah i ain't gotta go to the doctor and then they finally go to the doctor nothing's wrong i'm confident but then there's a couple days waiting back for their blood labs or their their STIs, Wait, yeah. waiting back for the test for that. Like, I know I don't have HIV, but they're like, what if I do? I'm like, they've never been with anyone, but what if I do? And I'm like, you don't have Honestly. it, jackass. Have you had those conversations, Serena, with students where they're freaking out waiting for the labs to come back? Honestly, I was thinking of myself. Oh, shit. 
Okay. I'm about to throw up. Wait a second. Okay. Just because right now, obviously being pregnant, I have to do like a lot of the blood tests. Oh, whatever. Like Don't give me that shit. <laughs> She's so red. Don't worry about my scandalous life, guys. <laughs> but I have to do all those. And I, I felt that. Like I had to do like the HIV one. And I was like, but what if? It's like, there's no way at yeah. all. But I still had some lingering anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the story was going. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so we're going to put a pause right here and we're going to do a fun story because I've been meaning to tell this. I have to tell this to, to our <laughs> listeners. So, because I tied in the STI thing. So, I'll probably do that. Oh, purpose. okay. Yeah. I was sitting in therapy and a student is like, they've got some personality stuff going on, some anxiety stuff, schoolwork stuff going on, this and that. And somehow we end up randomly talking about something and I got distracted. And the skin on my wrist has been hurting. So there's been like a burning sensation type of thing or like an itchiness. And I, and I didn't realize it was right pretty much where my watch is at. And it stays pretty like moist and kind of sweaty there the whole day. Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice. And it's been kind of like itchy and irrit- it's been irritated. And I told the student, I was like, hey, because you never want to go online and look it up because he's going to think that you've got. And I didn't want to say cancer because I've known so many people that technically are battling through cancer. So I wanted to be respectful. And so, of course, what do I say? I didn't want to Google it and say I have AIDS. Of all the diseases in the world, do you choose cancer or AIDS? <laughs> so afterwards, or like immediately, I started regretting that. And they're like, yeah, it's so dangerous to look it up. She's like, it's interesting that you, you said AIDS. It's uh, like, yeah. I mean, not really, but okay. Uh, so I brought it up to another client a few days later that I trust. We're on a good thing. We were talking about slipping up and embarrassing ourselves. And I said, yeah, you know. This, I said this, that, and right, and I said my skin's been itching, and I said, you know, I, I maybe thought maybe I got AIDS. And she's like, I immediately was like, damn, that th- person thinks that I'm gay, which is completely fine. I told the second student, completely fine. And she's like, well, yeah, no, I immediately thought neurodivergent, this person. She's like, oh, yeah, no, I immediately, as soon as you say AIDS, I was like, yeah, you're gay. And I was like, for one, that's a myth. That's, that's factually untrue. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you're hemophobic. Uh... <laughs> And I immediately, she's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that anymore. Uh, yeah, and I was just like. AIDS and cancer, probably, you know. Yeah, I should have just said. You could have said like gonorrhea or something. Like yeah, so anything. I probably should just stay away from like sexual transmitted diseases when I'm talking to my ther- clients. Totally. Like, I'm a, uh, it hurts when I pee. Like, yeah. right? Jesus. <laughs> just goes to show, see, your therapists are people too. Therapists are people too. Like I could have just literally said any type of skin related disorder or eczema or. Yeah, that would have been better. Would have been way better. Instantly like, yeah, I've got AIDS. And the girl just looks at me and she's like, oh, I was like, you you think I'm gay now, don't you? And so now I'm like, I'm not gay. And she's like, it's okay, Nas. It's fine if you're gay. And then she started like validating me. To like, and I'm like, I'm not in the closet. What the? Fuck? Everyone has this talk with you. There's a reason for that. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I have this talk with you every week. <laughs> just like, dude, it's okay. You can come out. You're just like, shut up, man. Well, Let's just record the show. It looks like I got HIV in my wrist now. I, that's so disrespectful. I'm so sorry. Oh, but, shut up. Yeah. Well, shut up. <laughs> All right, let's get back to therapy. Do I tell you? Yep. Well, I'm screwed. Don't tell that uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I it was the, one of the story. Folks. It was one of the funniest therapeutic things of the week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, this is our last show, people. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> the people, all the all the letter people are coming after us. Oh, so the... appreciate that. Um... Spencer and Serena have nothing to do with this conversation at all. This is all me. It'll just be me on the show, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's therapize. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. It's just him watching the anime. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, this is a good one. <laughs> Sweet. That's the show for the day. See you later. Oh my God. So we've done personal examples, we've done some stories, we've done all the triggers, fears, connections. So the last thing we got. It's case studies. Oh, yes. So many of those. So, Serena, I almost said Spencer. 
You got like, any? I don't uh, know. You said you were thinking about all the humans and individuals, with like animals and stuff like that, or working down from anxiety. Yeah. Who do you think is the most common, like, thing would people tell you when they come in with like panic attack disorder or panic uh, generalized anxiety that has the panic attack in it? Like, what, what do you feel like is the most usual? Mm. I guess for my college kids, it's one of two. So a lot is like the success component or the academic or what's going to happen. The the just generalized like that next, like any future thoughts. So like, but what if this happens? But what if? And what if? Or I'm not going to be successful because X, Y, Z. Or it's a lot of comparing, comparing to others, which I think those two kind of bounce off of each other. But I see a lot of, I think because in college, you're coming into your own identity and then you have a bunch of people around you. So you're comparing and you're learning, who am I? Where do I fit? Do I fit in? You know, so it's a lot of comparing judgment and critique of self. You're right. You're right, you're right. So that leads to heightened sense of being the entire time and then the certain triggers, uh, big things lead into the panic. Like some emails I got uh, last night because everyone's doing their exams and getting all their results back. And they're like, well, I done fucked up again. Well, do you find too towards the end? I have to remind people and just normalize the end of the semester. There's just generalized anxiety across the board because people are so fatigued and wore out just from the semester so i'm seeing a bunch of just anxiety popping up but they're like i thought i had a handle on this but now i I can't handle it and so having to normalize of honey you're you know you're burnt out (laughs) yeah you're grinding like you're tired all the time you're doing work you do relationships there's just a lot of stuff that gets in the way of things then if you add a neurodivergent into that setting and all the different social anxieties and trying to fit in, burnout, fatigue, trying to find their coping places and things like that, and me trying to f- help them find it. And then I have some clients that find a perfect place and then people like start talking to them in the cafe. I'm like, leave my fucking, leave them alone. They have the headphones on. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I'm a little angry. <laughs> no, I feel Protection. that. I feel that. Yeah. I have a coworker. She like, anytime I have my phone, she's like, Spencer. Spencer, like she keeps getting loud. I'm just like, I have my headphones in, and then she asked me just something just non work related that I don't want to talk about <laughs> right now. It's like, just leave me alone. Yeah, can you imagine if that was like your safe place to be, and then someone <sighs> would continue to badger you like that? It's or even even if let's say you got ADHD, or let's say it's just hard to initiate stuff at work or the papers or whatever it is to read, and then you mm-hmm. finally get in the zone, then someone jarringly pulls you out of that zone, Spencer. Yeah. Now, now it takes me fucking twenty minutes to get back into the into the grind mode, you know, because it takes time for me to like warm up to do things. You know, it got to be a little bit of focus. <laughs> Here we go again. I tried to yeah, workshop yeah. this with students. We could not find a good word, and so we all agreed just to not say that word. <laughs> you said it anyways. <laughs> with it though i kind of like it i know there's gotta be this there's gotta be this courtship you you gotta be warm you you gotta be schmooze i don't know why i'm doing this i can't wait i just i i always can't wait till you're in a relationship and i can't wait to see who it is like who what their personality is gonna be or where she's made from It's gonna be so interesting. Be like, I need to pick your brain because why? Why would you? <laughs> why did you go with silicone instead of? Was it because you fiber? thought he was Samoan? Did <laughs> <laughs> he? Oh, He's not. <laughs> uh, it's because you thought he was a real doctor. <laughs> uh, he said doctor like all the time. I didn't yeah. know. Hello, I my name is Doctor Doc. Uh, Doctor yeah, Doc. <laughs> Dr. Octavius. Okay, all right. Yes, Landon. So Landon. I don't even know what the hell we were talking about. So I don't either anymore. I really don't. Case oh, studies. we were talking about case studies. Yeah. yeah. Yep, case studies. Uh, diverged into STDs and foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as one does. 
uh, <laughs> uh, case studies. I feel like most of my students, uh, we're going to do technically diagnosis and a case study. So I would say that Bliss right now has like some traumatic stuff that's going on in general. So he's realizing his mortality, his life. I assume there's some existential stuff, some personality stuff, some regret stuff, some past trauma stuff, which is leading into him having generalized anxiety currently, acute generalized anxiety, with a possible specifier of panic attack disorder. I wouldn't necessarily has, say he has panic attack list disorder unless this happens more and more and more. So if it happened a little bit more frequently over a longer period of time spent, then I'd be like, okay, this is what he's got. Um, right. And then another thing could be paired with dissociations. So it looks like he was definitely dissociating. Definitely was zonked the hell out when he's laying against the tree because he was not there. So mm-hmm. that was a panic attack with a dissociation. Um, so that's why I would say the uh, generalized anxiety. We're going to work on some of this other stuff. Rule out panic disorder. Uh, and then make sure there's no... Uh, I would highlight dissociations, but I just put that in the note. Um because we want to keep tabs on that to see like what happens over time. Do we after do all the stuff that Serena said, do we need to add in medication? Like, you know, because if it's legit panic attacks, then we need to probably get some medication in there because now you can't function. Panic attacks, mm-hmm. you can't function. Anxiety, people are really good at functioning with high anxiety. Panic attacks, you're little fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah. So that'd be the diagnosis, uh, Spence. The treatment plan, like me and you were trying to talk about, we want to start doing at the end of the show. Everything that Serena said, thoughts, emotions, feelings, validating, um, validating some stuff, and then also combating that with cognitive behavioral therapy, making sure we're making rational thoughts, all these negative thoughts, making sure that we're, as Serena and I said, pushing into the actual fears and processing them, going a little bit further, and then doing what Puss did, and then having some good coping skills. So a friend to talk to, something to ground you, could be an animal, could be many other things like Serena talked about such as thermal regulation, using other sensory things. Uh, there's many ways to therapize your way out of this. But you will have to attack the deep issues, which is his existential thing and then the fear of death, which is not going to go away because he has his last life. So we need to probably talk about this. And maybe he needs to go make amends with the person that he hurt. Uh, so if he does die, at least he will die telling the person that he does love them and I'm sorry possibly be with mm-hmm. them instead of running. I remember I was talking to the Indianapolis Colts and a mental health out- outreach pub- public talk. And I said to run from emotions is cowardice. You're not a bigger man because you ran from some shit. Mm-hmm. Real men, real masculinity, real femininity, the, the realness of your humanity is if you actually go in and face these things. There's nothing harder than going and talking about this shit and falling apart and having a panic attack, anxiety, crying in front of your therapist. Nothing harder than that. Yeah. All that other stuff is what you would call cowardice. Therapy is not for the weak. I'm talking to some big motherfuckers in there now. I mean, I know there's a lot of stigma and it's mostly black men. And I'm like, you ain't no punk because you're doing this. I got Mm. people that say so much nasty shit on Instagram and YouTube, uh, you guys. Horrible things about anxiety and cope harder and that's no big deal they're PTSD and all you people on here are just crying about stuff and don't want to fix it like I'm not it's not their job to fix it on this they're just letting people know and then people are validating and affirming them and and supporting them it's no one's job to be therapizing them in this moment people are telling their stories you validate you affirm and then you can ignite and start working on things afterwards it's hard shit the story I gave with my intern falling apart in front of me, it's tough. I've been yeah. there. Serena's been there. That shit, it's just it's tough, way man. way harder. I, I give the same speech to mine. I'm like, well, what's easy, avoiding something or facing something that you're absolutely terrified of? Like, uh, that one. And thus, that's what we avoid because it's fucking harder. But they think it's yeah. the, 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 the feminine way. Yeah. They think it's all these negative feminine ways. They think that they're soft, puss, bitch, all these negative derogatory things that we put onto women if they talk about emotions. Yeah. And the masculinity doesn't always just kill men. It also kills some of my women that are more masculine because masculinity is more about dominance. I'm talking about not just being a dude. I'm talking about like that thing that makes you want to dominate and reject and repress things. That's mm-hmm. the shit that'll kill you. Yeah. 
I don't give a fuck if you're like a bodybuilder or like super buff or like doing your thing or skateboarding. I don't give a fuck about those things. I don't care about how you dress. <laughs> well, they're like dudes. They're dudes. They're, they're masculine. I don't care what type of flannel you wear. What? The one girl goes, I don't care what kind of skate shoes you wear, what kind of trucks you got on your board, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You ain't better than me. You ain't better than me. One of my girls said this week, so I wish these boys would stop trying to hit on me. I'm going to just start wearing this outfit I wore today. And it was like sweatpants and stuff. I said, a lot of motherfuckers that like women in sweatpants. Yeah, like, let me don't tell you do something. That. that ain't going to stop anybody. <laughs> yeah. You wear a paper bag. We're still going to try it. <laughs> a paper bag? Hey, how you doing? What's the fuck is she? You got hands on it? I said, she's, well, just people like me because I'm so purdy. They don't like my personality. I'm like, I hate you right now, but I'm going to validate this stuff and therapize it. <laughs> Because I'm over here looking like a straight up fucking potato with with mold on it. God, I just keep getting hit on. It's like, well, stop bragging. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I have to lie. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to just dress my homely. I'm like, girl, you're still looking good. So you need to try some other shit. You need like some tattoos or some. No, don't do that. That's too much, too. No, you don't, don't look do even hotter with it. Don't, don't. Yeah. You know? You need a you, oh, let me stop. I was gonna say a hit yeah, to the stop. hip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> land of land. All right. Well, on on that note, <laughs> we're done. Potatoes. Yeah, we're done here. Um, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you, Serena, for coming on. Uh, do you want to give us your Twitch name? Uh, so I haven't played in so long, but That's it's fine. I mean, just yeah, just check it out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Bonds B O H N S one five six four. There you go. There you go. All right. So, uh, talked a lot about talked a lot about things today. Mortality, life. Had a stroke. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> STDs. Talked about a lot of stuff today. A lot um, of STDs. <laughs> in the wrist. Particularly, didn't know it was gonna happen. Um, but yeah, so thank you everybody for coming on to the show, checking us out. We have merch up, so please check that out. We have a website, check that as well. It's all on the link tree on our Instagram page. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining. I'm Spencer, that's Nas, that's Serena, and this is the Different Spectrums Podcast. Much love. Bye. Go get tested. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> <laughs>